0: Welcome back to the Teacher Fit Podcast. This week we have our nutrition director, Jessica Arrico, and she's talking about food recipe substitutions. Hello, and welcome to Teacher Fit Student Fit Podcast. This is Jessica Arrico. And I'm very thankful to have you listening today. I know your time is very valuable and we appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen and to give us your feedback on this as well and let us know what we can do to support your nutrition needs. So if you do, do have any requests or you have any ideas for podcasts that you'd like to hear more about, please go ahead and send us a message via email or via Instagram or Facebook. So let's get started with our conversation today. We're gonna talk about food substitutions and how you can make your recipes a little bit more uh, nutritious maybe, or a little lower in calories, lower in fat, lower in carbohydrates. Uh, Before I get started there though, I do want to talk about eating foods in the recipes that they were meant to be made in. There's a lot to be said or keeping a recipe pure. And when I say a pure recipe, I mean those recipes that were handed down to you by family members from generations ago possibly, or something that is a tradition in your family. But maybe it isn't what you would consider the most healthy option because maybe if it has six sticks of butter in it, or it has 10 cups of sugar, I'm being a little extreme. But I'm simply saying, and those are recipes that you truly enjoy. You cannot imagine not having as part of your life or as part of your family tra- tradition, don't change them. Don't change them. You simply want to keep perspective on it. Think about all of the things that you're eating as well in relationship to those foods too. And simply just include that in your diet that's something that you know you're going to eat, plan for it. So let's say that you've gone ahead and you've eaten your your protein, your chickens, your tunas, your your beef, and you've eaten your really great jasmine rice and, and pasta and potatoes and salads and vegetables all week. But you know you have a huge event coming up over the weekend and your family's gonna make their famous pie. And you're thinking to yourself, oh my gosh, this is going to completely blow my program nutritionally. Don't look at it that way. Plan for it. Know that you are going to have that food and enjoy it. Enjoy that food. That once eating that, it's not going to blow your plan. Just simply know that that's what you're going to eat. Don't eat a ton of it and plan around it, plan accordingly. Make sure that the rest of your foods are matching that caloric intake so that you don't overeat that weekend when you're having that pie or cake or whatever it is. And if you happen to, it's okay. Tomorrow's a new day. You start over. So I wanted to make that important statement before we talk about food substitutions, simply because I don't want you to think that you have to go through the rest of your life. Substituting for recipes that you don't want to. But for those recipes that are your, your daily recipes, or even some special recipes that you're thinking, you know, I could probably tweak this a little bit and reduce the fat or reduce the carbohydrates, um, reduce the total caloric ex- uh, intake. That's what we're going to talk about today. So I'm going to talk about one of my very favorite recipes, and that's cake. Well, it's not a recipe, it's just it's a food. So um Within cake, many recipes do ask for oil or egg. So for those recipes that do ask for oil or egg and they're baked items, I simply swap out either applesauce or a pumpkin puree. And I like them both as a substitution because they do provide a very, very moist tex- texture for a muffin or for a cake. And they also provide some nutritive value. So particularly with the pumpkin puree. And I'm telling you right now, if you're like, oh my gosh, I can't imagine eating pumpkin at all. All right. Don't look pumpkin pie. I can't stand it. Don't worry about it. You, you really won't even be tasting it. It's simply the the texture of it. it it's so incredibly moist and it does provide a high level of beta carotene, which is very good for our skin. It's good for, um, cell turnover. It's good for our, our vision. So it's because that beta carotene turns into vitamin A in our bodies. So yeah, you are adding a little bit of a nutritive value to those products. If you do substitute the oil or the egg with the applesauce or the pumpkin puree, and there are other things that you can substitute with. Those are two, simply two of my favorites to substitute with because they're easy to use and I have had successful results with them every single time. The easy part of it is it's a one-to-one ratio. So if the recipe calls for oil, it calls for, excuse me, it calls for a quarter cup of oil, I will simply swap out a quarter cup of oil with a quarter cup of applesauce or the pumpkin puree. Easy as that. So if it's an egg though, if it calls for one egg, one egg equals a quarter cup of the pumpkin puree or the applesauce. So again, it's again, a quarter cup to a quarter cup, one to one if it's an oil, and then a quarter cup to one egg if you're swapping out an egg. Easy as that. So that would remove basically that fat component or most of the fat component for that recipe. But if I'm looking to substitute maybe a sugar, maybe there's a lot of sugar in a recipe and I want to change it up a bit, my go-to because it really bakes up very much like sugar. And the taste I think is excellent is stevia. Stevia is actually from a leaf and it is processed into powder form. They also make a liquid form, but I use the powder form. And I try to buy the stevia products that contain little to no sugar alcohols. So we can talk about sugar alcohols in another episode, but basically I try to avoid that Um, because I want to get the pure stevia as as much as possible, as pure as possible. Obviously, the purest form would be a leaf, but I'm not going to blend a leaf up and put it into a recipe. I know. So, again, I get a stevia product that does not have very much or any sugar alcohol, and I use that as a substitution. The other great part about stevia, if I'm using the powder, is that just like the pumpkin puree or the applesauce to the oil, it's a one-to-one ratio. It's an easy swap. So if a recipe calls for one cup of sugar, I simply swap out one cup of stevia and I'm done. So let's say I've got that cake recipe and it takes oil or it takes an egg and it also takes a ton of sugar. If I use stevia as a replacement for my sugar and I use the applesauce, or the pumpkin puree for the swap of my oil or my egg, then I've not only reduced the fat content of that baked item, I have also reduced the overall carbohydrate intake of that item, if that's what I'm going for. So that's the other part of it. You need to make sure that this is something that you actually want to do because you want to be able to enjoy some of those other favorite recipes down the road, so you want to lower the caloric intake of this recipe, and this would help with that, or you just want to try something out, try something new, and that's what this would do. The other part about sugar, though, too, is there are, of course, other things that you can use to substitute for sugar. Some people like to use um, honey which is not going to be a replacement, or excuse me, it's not going to decrease the carbohydrate necessarily, but it is a, a natural sweetener. Um, you can also use agave nectar, which is also going to have a higher carbohydrate profile. Again, it's a natural sweetener. Those two, I don't use a whole lot as a replacement in those recipes simply because they are liquid and they do not swap out as easily as a Stevia product will. Some people will ask me, what about aspartame or sucralose? Well, why can't we use those? And you absolutely can. Um, I simply do not feel comfortable using aspartame or sucralose because the jury is still out on the scientific evidence for me as to how it affects the body overall. And you know, I'll see some reports that say it's absolutely fine and other reports that say it's questionable. So I'm going to be on the side of caution and use stevia. There is no perfect product out there but I can say that I'm going to try to lean towards the more cautious side and use the Stevia product. Again, as with everything, and I know this is something that my mom told me, her mom told her, and I'm sure you have heard a gazillion times before, everything in moderation, everything in moderation. I heard that all the time growing up. So when it comes to any of these products, anything, of course, it's everything in moderation. So. Just because I'm saying, hey, you know what, you can swap out stevia, you stop out pumpkin pumpkin puree and and for for your oils and your eggs and your sugars, it doesn't mean that you will be eating these foods 24 seven just because you swap those out. You need to look at, again, what your overall goals are, what you are trying to attain from a body perspective. When you are trying to either lose weight or you're just trying to get healthier, You need a full profile of foods to eat. The foods like the cakes and the muffins and everything are great to have once in a while, even when you make them healthier, because you need foods that are going to provide that full nutrient profile. And again, that'll be another thing that we talk about in another episode, but I simply wanted to give that little bug in your ear right now. When it comes to more of our savory foods, so we're switching from sweet to savory now. When I talk about savory, I mean those foods that make your mouth water, like your fettuccine alfredos, at least that does it for me, or your lasagna, your parmesans, um, chicken caprese. I've just listed off all these Italian <laughs> foods, um, but those are excellent, and they are some of my favorite. Here's one that's not Italian, uh, beef stroganoff. And, that actually is one of my all time favorite meals to make and to eat because for me, it's a comfort food and it's very filling and it's so nice and warm, particularly, I know are in the summertime, but in those winter months, it is so good. And it just tastes amazing. And my family loves it. I, I, I don't think I've had one person go, yeah, I really hate beef stroganoff. Maybe you do, but just in case, It has a very cream base um, to to it. And it includes obviously sirloin and it includes onion and garlic and sea salt and pepper. These just great, great spices, but it also includes heavy cream or sour cream or a mixture of both plus a little bit of butter. So you can just imagine the fat content in that, right? But it tastes so good. So if I'm trying to reduce the fat on that recipe, an absolutely fantastic substitute for those creamy bases is Greek yogurt, plain Greek yogurt. Yeah, I don't recommend using a fruit flavored yogurt for beef stroganoff. If it's your thing, it's your thing, but I don't recommend it. I recommend a plain Greek yogurt. And again, that is a one-to-one swap for your cream and or your sour cream. So that's awesome because it also increases the protein content of that meal. I've seen some Greek yogurts have upwards of 15 to 20 grams of protein per serving, depending on the brand that you purchase. And some of the brands also have little to no fat in them, which makes them even more appealing. So if you have a very high protein base to your beef stroganoff cream or your, your the sauce and has low fat, you're winning. It's a huge winning right there because you've got the higher protein, lower fat on top of the meat that you're eating and something that you really enjoy. That's phenomenal. I've also used it in fettuccine alfredo and it's a little different. You have to manipulate it a little bit with some sea salt and some garlic and oregano and basil, but it does come out pretty darn good as well. And you may have to thin it a bit with a a nut milk. So I have mixed my Greek yogurt with a bit of nut milk just to make the consistency a little thinner for a sauce, but it works beautifully, it truly does. So again, that is a one-to-one swap out for either cream or the sour cream for the Greek yogurt, super simple, not difficult at all. So I'm gonna wrap it up. When you are craving a food, so I've said all of this about swapping out ingredients and we talked a little bit in the beginning about your favorite foods and having or wanting to enjoy them. I'm gonna reiterate that you really should. Do not deny yourself of those foods that you absolutely love. Life is way too short. And if there's something that you remember from your childhood and you're like, man, I used to have this every Saturday and I I love the way that my mom's cookies always tasted and I can't even imagine changing that recipe, don't change the recipe. Don't change the recipe, simply incorporate it into your overall goals and your overall plan and you'll be fine. It's all about, I'll say it again, everything in moderation. And how we plan our our diet for the week, how we plan our goals, and how we track to meet those goals. That's what matters. And we'll cover those things as well in other podcasts. I have so much to cover. I've just promised all of this to you guys. And I absolutely will. I'd love, love to talk about this. So for now, if you have any questions or you simply have some more ideas for other podcasts that you'd like to hear coming up, please let us know and reach out to us via email or Instagram or Facebook. And thank you so much again for listening. Have a fantastic rest of your day.